0: Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hayflee. Yo, what up? <laughs> Yo, what up? You can tell he's feeling a little better already. Uh, kind of a weirdly busy day in Avalanche Land. Uh, a lot of news happening today. So I guess let's just start there. Um, we'll get the other things out of the way as, as, game seven and all of that is the main topic of the show. First of all, avalanche sign at Trent minor, the goaltender prospect, not super surprising. There were some questions on whether they'd be able to find room for the guy in their system with contract limits, et cetera. Get into that. Yep. We can talk about that a little bit more. Um, also, apparently Alan Heppel no longer the head scout here in Colorado. Um, no announcement on a new head scout or anything just yet, but a little bit of a shakeup happening there.
1: Well, we'll see. <laughs> on
0: that one as well, Uh the Avs might be picking in the late 20s and early 30s quite a bit over the next couple of years. So
1: this year it's 28th is the highest that they will be picking. Yep. So,
0: I mean, possibly a new scouting direction. It's all speculation at that point. All we know, Alan Heppel is no longer the man at the helm of the scouting department uh, for Colorado. In that regard, what we do know is that round two of the playoffs, at least for the Avalanche, will start on Sunday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Yep. So the announcement is out there at very least – yeah, I still don't know who they will be playing just yet in that game, but...
1: Potential round three opponents start to take shape, too.
0: Yep, as uh, the reseed limits who exactly they would play if they do,
1: in fact, move on. Yeah, based on uh, based on what we've seen, what has happened so far, they cannot play the name of a Bay of Lightning. Correct.
0: Um, so... Still... More to be potentially shaken up as the Toronto-Montreal and Carolina-Nashville series do still need to finish up.
1: Yep. But... That's obviously looking ahead of a whole round. Not to not to just, like, skip it. But, yeah. you know, a, a thing that we will talk a little bit about uh, as...
0: As we get into our yeah. main topic of the day as well. in
1: uh, As things really start to take shape here.
0: Yep. So... All oh, that's great. Do you want to start with Trent Miner or do you want to get into this Game 7 topic?
1: Um, Let's just do Trent Miner. All right, cool. So. Super cool that he got this contract. Yeah. Because um, a year ago, kind of a mediocre year with the Giants. It was really meh.
0: He was a goalie prospect that a lot of people were very high on for a guy the you got in the seventh round. Mm-hmm. Um But.
1: I've told this story a few times, but yeah. on, on draft day that year, I got I got more messages from people uh, around the league that were excited about Trent Miner that that said Miner was one of Colorado's best picks that year, yep. outside of the first round, obviously, because that was a Byron Newhook day. So,
0: so first of all, there's that. Secondly, his first year as an NHL prospect is D plus one. Um, he struggled a bit in Vancouver, failed to take the starting goaltender job that everyone expected him to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously pandemic comes along and his entire career is thrown into limbo by that. Uh, so there were certainly a lot of question marks around him and his potential contract with the Avalanche then he comes back near the end of this season. The WHL comes back, and he kind of goes off
1: yeah. in the league. So two things. Um, he got a handful of games with the Eagles Yep. where he was competitive.
0: In the AHL, not going to say it was great or anything, but he was solid.
1: Yeah. Which, again, um, young kid. Keep, it, keep in mind, he was young for the league. Yep. Um. Because nineteen-year-olds in the AHL uh, as goaltenders are just not, yeah. You just yeah. don't see them. The they literally, just, they does don't not exist. happen. It's <laughs> even even twenty-year-olds are as goaltenders are
0: ECHL in Europe. Yeah, other things. Yeah, they're not, they're not
1: rare, but they're not they're they're not seen every every day. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not like every team has one of those guys. Um, so it was a good, it was a it was a good, uh, encouraging performance, and then a good break for him. He goes to the WHL. Um, if he had been an OHL kid, he probably doesn't get this contract.
0: I think he definitely doesn't. Yeah,
1: um, he goes into the WHL and he just dominates. Has, yep. He has a, a a great finish to the season and earns himself an ELC and forces a glut. At goaltender. So, does this does this end uh, spell the end for Shamil Shmakov?
0: <laughs> yeah, this is the final blow, surely.
1: This was it.
0: It isn't the uh, clearly fake name used to hide his identity or the fact that he may not actually exist.
1: Didn't he? He played somewhere this year. He played, yeah, he played in the, he VHL, played this in the year.
0: VHL. He played in the VHL on a team that played like seven goalies. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Schmackov. Sorry, bud, but I don't think it's happening for you. He has another year, though, just in case. He's going to post like a 950 in the KHL just because. <laughs> um, but honestly, like when you look at the Avalanche goalie situation through next year, Philip Grubauer is not signed through next year, but that's a conversation. You have... Um, Pavel Frensos, Eustace Annanen, Hunter Miska, and now Peyton Jones is only on a one year, right? So they could leave him if they don't want to re sign him. But now Trent Minor and uh Adam Warner
1: is an RFA. So I think unfortunately that's probably where this heads. Yep. Um, they could theoretically buy out Hunter Miska. Yep. But it would cost them a hundred K against the cap this year. Why waste a hundred K? Yeah, i there's no need to, right? And then um I think it's probably I hate to say this, but it's probably the end of for Adam Werner. Yeah. It feels like it didn't didn't take very long. Um shortened season and all, but that just feels like the obvious, uh, the the organizational glut at the position. Um, you have Grubauer and francois and if you don't have Grubauer, then you have another guy next year. Yeah, they're so, not
0: they're not going to put any of these dudes into a backup position,
1: even. Right. Yet. So it'll be it'll either be Grub, it, it, we'll just we'll just say Grubauer and francois Yeah. Because if it's not Grubauer, it'll be a different NHL goaltender. So those two are pretty much set. Dubnik, they can let walk. What do you do about Johansson at this point? He showed well enough for you. You traded for him. He's 25 years old. Do you bring him back?
0: Whatever. He can be your third goaltender or any other dude that's – passable in the nhl can be your third goaltender it doesn't really matter to okay me, to well if you
1: let johansson go then your ahl guys are but it's the same johansson is the same conversation as group hour though right
0: like if is you he... let if you let him go you go out and get a different third goaltender do you i mean if colorado was run by you and me
1: you still have so you still have anon all right.
0: And it's 100% unproven in North America. Though. No,
1: no, 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 no. But I'm just saying organizationally, like we'll be in the AHL or ECHL next year. Yeah, sure. And it would be so stupid to put him in the ECHL because he needs to learn.
0: Yeah, definitely. Don't. Uh, Grizzly's plan internationalize. Yeah, exactly.
1: He'll be in the AHL. So in and in. So you have, so we'll just start. You have Ananin and Misca. those two guys who are already under contract. Yep. Okay. And then Werner is an RFA, and now you just signed Trent Miner. Yeah, th- I mean, so realistically. even if even if you let Werner go, which guy's in the East, and then you you bring back Johansson. Which guy is in the ECHL then? Is it Ananin? Is it Misca? Is it Johansson? I would. Okay, so there's multiple
0: ways that they could do this, right? It, my immediate theory is it'd be Miska and Minor in the ECHL. Um, but we've seen them in years past run a floating third goaltender in the ECHL. And granted, this was a third goaltender that they never really had any intention to play. But when they went to Sweden, they called him all the way up from the ECHL to be a warm body for a third goaltender. I forget his name because I forget his name. I want to say it was Nathan, but that's my name. So <laughs> I'm not 100% sure on his name. Uh, but it's something the Evs have done before, where they're they're willing to have this warm body third goaltender that they kind of float. All out, all throughout the organization.
1: Okay, so which one of those guys does that?
0: Ah, uh, that would be JoJo. Okay. If you keep JoJo, he's your third goaltender. However, you want to get to that, <laughs> but he'd be the guy that they call up to sit on the bench if one of Grubauer and Franzos got hurt. I imagine.
1: Um, what really, what really hurts you here is the two-year Miska deal. Yep. That second
0: year is brutal. Yeah. Um it's partially that and I think it's also partially the fact that they didn't get to see Adam Warner at the NHL level at all this year.
1: They made the choice not to see yeah, Adam Warner. Right. At the NHL level
0: they, this I get year. it. They made their decision on that at, before now. Like that decision was made when they decided not to play in this year. Yeah. And that is what it is. That's why we're assuming he's probably not an Av next year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I just think with the numbers being what they are, uh, if they bring him back, you have seven goaltenders. Yep. That's a lot of goaltender contracts. It's
0: one too many. Uh, Seven means you have two in the NHL, two in the AHL, two in the ECHL. And another one.
1: And yeah. And then another guy. Like yeah. it's great for the
0: Grizzlies. <laughs> True. Utah vibing.
1: Yeah. Good um, looking out for the Grizzlies.
0: So that is certainly interesting. Uh, look, happy for minor. Hope he, he can show his stuff.
1: Love it. I think it's awesome for him.
0: Yep. Um, other a little bit of an interesting conversation which we can probably talk about this on another day in full but still waiting on the sasha mutala contract
1: it's turning it into a decent little draft class yep um what is it likely now just burzan not getting signed
0: yeah and we talked about a potential AHL deal yeah. for that guy so yeah i think it's just burzan and, and mutala at the moment yep yep I guess uh, Steinberg too, but they have multiple years left to, to sign him if they Oh yeah. To.
1: I mean he's still
0: Yeah. And Hellison will get signed eventually, so yeah. whatever. Um yeah, but anyway, draft class is starting to uh starting to roll in for the avalanche as far as twenty nineteen is concerned.
1: Yeah. That will be so next year they'll have uh Byram new bocage we're assuming mutala yep and then minor
0: and then minor yeah and with the uh, Hellison and potentially steinberg on the way and then burzan in the middle there Oof. uh That's solid not answer from twitter if you mean like the live chat we will we see your chats yeah. um if you're commenting today, on a tweet probably not
1: <laughs> today today it's been you guys firing off a lot of questions uh not relevant to the topic that we re- yeah. are on to start the show yep but things that we will get to as we yep. get into the show we're working through it we're working yeah. through it chat <laughs> you guys no, don't talk about game seven and that's going to be the meat of the podcast so we started with the quicker topic yeah. up here
0: get this get this stuff out of the way first yeah um is a little bit interesting at this very moment the Avs currently sit at 49 of 50 contracts according to cap friendly
1: uh and then next year i believe they have uh they they don't have minor up there yet so it'll be 28 so but that also counts foodie so it's still really 27. yeah because foodies will slide assuming it goes back to the year this uh, is this is what I think we should do for tomorrow's show sure Break,
0: um, break down the organizational depth. Yeah?
1: yeah. I think we should try and build next year's roster and look at the contract limits and see exactly where they are. Do Misca or Werner
0: have any trade value? Absolutely not. Uh, Gustav Olhaver, can I get in the NHL time next year? What a pull. Uh, Gustav Olhaver is a, technically a free agent now. So, Good for him. If, if someone wants to sign him and play him in the NHL, Absolutely. He could uh, get some NHL time, but that's not going to happen. In any case, uh, we can take our first period break there as we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. AJ, you got a good bet for game one? I know you're not a big hockey better, but feeling any
1: vibes? Um, I think it'll be low scoring. I would take the under.
0: Low scoring. All right. We're going to vibe with AJ. Take our DraftKings pick of the week. We're taking the under in game one, whether it be Vegas or Minnesota, does not matter. Go take the under. Get on a DraftKings sportsbook. Sign up with code DNVR to get amazing odds boosts every single day. And right now, you can also get the 42 to 1 odds bet on any basketball game. If the team you pick wins, you bet $5. You get the 40 to 1 odds. That's $200 in free bets that you can pick up. Super. Awesome. They do these things pretty regularly, so you can regularly get in on some crazy odds boosts as well as their normal ones. They're super safe, secure, and reliable, so jump on that as well. Again, use code DNVR when you sign up and download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. You bet on all the major sports and a bunch of crazy minor ones as well. Limited time only, new customers only, Colorado only, must be 21 or older, wager paid out, insight credits, restrictions apply, cdraftkings.com slash sportsbook for details, gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by Gabby Insurance, that's G-A-B-I.com D-N-V-R. Gabby stands for Get A Better Insurance, super easy to use, really awesome as well, you just jump over there. Completely free. Get in there, set up what you have for home and auto insurance, and they will tell you how you can save hundreds, in some cases, thousands of dollars simply by switching your insurance. So they're super awesome. There's nothing to it. You just jump on there and do it, and they like, hey, this is how you save a bundle of money. Not too many sites out there like that that can do that for you. So check out Gabby.com DNVR today and put your policy to the test. Just like many of us here at DNVR have done and take that save money and sign up for a DNVR annual membership to get all of our amazing content. You also get, access to the DNVR lounge, a free shirt and mask along with your membership. If you do get the annual one and a bunch of other awesome stuff as well, big beers at the bar, the list goes on. If you haven't checked us out yet, if you haven't supported us, the, the playoffs has a pretty good time to do it. That's all I'm saying. PS come to the bar for games because the bar is dope.
1: Cool. <laughs> uh I am, holy crap, three guys on Vegas' COVID list today. Ooh, boy. Yesterday it was Braden McNabb. Today it is Braden McNabb, Ryan Reeves, and Peyton Krebs. Okay. Jason Magna is the only one still for Colorado. And so far have dodged more.
0: Yeah. Interesting, interesting, oh. interesting. Yeah. Um. All right.
1: Do we have a ton to say on Alan Heppel at the moment, AJ? Um, I think again, maybe this folds better into a more short sure. extended can... look tomorrow where Definitely. we can kind of yeah. we can kind of get into the team that the Ev's built and yada yada yada. Yeah, the Ev's drafting history with Alan Heppel. All I will say is that um look, me personally, I had a good relationship with Hepp. Uh, I really liked him. I really liked the dude. Um I, I'm just selfishly disappointed. That's a guy that I've been able to, that's made it very easy to talk to him about a lot of things. Uh, my my favorite HEP memory is probably running into him in the bar in Vegas one year uh, and talking to him about Jack Hughes the year before Jack Hughes's draft year when they had Ottawa's pick. That was fun um we'll see we'll see how it goes wade clippenstein is uh uh he was he would have been my guess um he was a guy that really uh banged the table hard for Kyle mccarr back in 2017 and you could see the lean towards the whl the last couple of years and really western in in general um It he's had a he's had an obviously louder voice in there, so he's the next guy that gets to do that job. And wherever hep goes, you know, he'll probably do a good job there too. And hopefully, uh, I would love to, I would love to try, I'm gonna try and get in touch with him. It'd be great to have him on the pod just to come and tell stories someday.
0: That'd be dope. Um, any case, as as Chad is alluding to, and we have a super chat here. Should we get into the Vegas, Minnesota series game yep. seven coming up tomorrow night? Jacob Hill asks, is Talbot really playing this good or is VGK offense underperforming this bad? Both. Yep. A little bit of both, I think for sure. Yep. Um, I mean, just take a look at how game five and game six played out in that series. Game five. Vegas absolutely shells Minnesota. I think Minnesota ended the game with 14 shots on goal or something absurd and a 3-2 win to Vegas is like 38. Pretty darn good performance from Cam Talbot there.
1: Yeah, and like, look, Cam Talbot's the guy, you know, he's a guy that we all know and we all have kind of mentally slotted into a certain tier as a starting goaltender in the NHL. Yep. He has outperformed that tier this season.
0: Sure. No doubt about it. Um, but on the other side of the coin, you have game six, where shots end up being 24 to 23 across the entire game in Minnesota's favor. Yeah. The one goal that Vegas scored gets called back for. Uh, what did you think of that goalie interference? Have you seen it?
1: Yep. I watched it live before, before I even knew uh that they were looking at it. I thought it was goalie interference because uh Alex Tuck willingly puts himself in the crease yep. the entire time and he just stays there like Matt Matt Dumba obviously also has position there but Tuck doesn't fight him at all. Tuck doesn't make any attempt to get out of there yep. and his skates are in the crease the entire time. So does he does he make physical contact with the goaltender? Not much. Not I mean, much I, at all. But I think-
0: it's pretty clear that his position in the crease made it impossible for Talbot to actively set up in position as the puck came across to the, uh, I mean, right side of the ice, near side, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, I just, I thought it was, I thought it was worth a second look when I saw it live because he's, his skates were in the crease the entire time. Yep. Uh, And I just, for me, like, <laughs> the way that they have the one thing that they kind of do have going for them with the goaltender interference calls over the last few years. If you're in the crease, they consider that preventing the goaltender from playing his position. Yeah,
0: if there's any contact, basically.
1: Yeah. And like but last night, I think was an interesting test case for that because he willingly puts himself in the crease and and stays there the entire time yep at no point did he ever fully exit the crease he was in the crease at least one of his skates was touching blue at all times the entire sequence did he really make physical contact with the goalie really not not really honestly there was there was it was really limited and then you also had Matt Dumba there uh playing defense you know who Kind of, kind of boxes him in, right? But Tuck doesn't fight to get out of the way. He doesn't. He doesn't try and and remove himself from the situation. At the same time, Talbot also doesn't try and move him. If he's being prevented from playing his position, he sure didn't do anything about it. Yeah. So I am. Eh. I, I, I completely understood where they were coming from. I completely understood it. Now, the fact that there was no contact is really the part of that call that bothers me, but I'll say limited contact. I don't want to say none.
0: I don't think there was none. I I think the point that you're getting at, though, is the way that the goal ultimately goes in. It comes from a side angle, right? Like if Talbot had not moved across all the way to Tuck's side of the crease and had just stayed in the middle of the ice, he probably sees the puck and makes the save easily. So the goalie interference comes down to did Tuck standing in the crease and whatever contact there was prevent Talbot from recovering and making that save later, after the fact, after the actual contact itself? And I I think that's a bit of a gray area. Yeah. It's it's always going to be judgmenty and and tough to make that call.
1: Yeah, and people are gonna people are gonna feel strongly on both sides of of, of a call that has merits on both sides. Um, for me, I, I get it. Is it the right or the wrong call? It's not. <laughs> luckily, it's not my job to litigate that. Yep. Um. But I can I certainly understood where the league was coming from. Yeah. I. It- me personally, I thought that was an interference, but I'm I'm open-minded to the other side of it. I,
0: it's not one in a in an off-season where it feels like the refs have missed some blatant stuff. Ew. That's not one of them.
1: <laughs> They're just letting like some of the cross-checks that oh, happened in God. the aisles. Yeah. yeah. Where it was just like, guys.
0: <laughs> Bit nonsensical to say the least. Yeah, yeah, like, come on. What's happening here? In any case, they do play Game 7 Friday night. Who you got? Who you taken first of all? Who do you think wins Game 7? And secondly... Who do you think the Avs want to win
1: Game 7? Um, I think, look, I think Minnesota is the lesser team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Minnesota is, the reason that Minnesota is competitive with Vegas is because they have the same weaknesses. Putting uh, up net. Well, they don't have the, neither, neither team really has a really, really, really good center. True. Like Eric Eck has had a great breakout year. and He's really important to the wild. But that right there is why I call that a weakness is because Eric Eck is really important to the wild. Like There's that's
0: not a, one C production. There. <laughs>
1: one, like, he's a good, he's a good player. Yep. Um, I, I'm just not um, no, Anthony. Um, I, I don't read the athletic personally.
0: I read the headline, but I didn't okay. read the article. Yeah, and- yeah.
1: Um. Anyway, uh, I don't. It's it's, Minnesota just they have a good they have a really good top four that can go head to head with. The Vegas top four on defense. Yep. Um, they they've got a goaltender having a career year in Cam Talbot and in Marc Andre Fleury. Yep. They're each they're each getting great play from the same areas of their team. And then their best offensive players are wings. And it's hard for those guys to drive offense in the postseason when teams game plan to lock them down. Um, And you're seeing, you're seeing, look, Kaprizov has struggled to be an impact guy. Mark Stone has struggled to be an impact guy. Like they're really, it's been, it's been a lower scoring series because they have the same problems. Uh, It's, it's,
0: Offensive throughput can be tough to come by.
1: Yeah, and it's I, I just where where I have liked consistently where I have liked the Avalanche against either one of these teams is down the middle. Now, not having Nazem Kadri hurts that quite a bit. Um, having this maniacal version of Tyson Jost helps that, but having Nathan having Nathan McKinnon is the ultimate trap card for the Avalanche. That's the advantage that they will have in every single series, except against Toronto or Tampa Bay. Yeah. And, and Especially
0: with Pittsburgh out now.
1: Yeah. Well, and like you look at any other, look at any other team still in the postseason so the Avalanche
0: talent, even in the same tier of caliber of Nathan MacKinnon, yeah.
1: The Bergeron at this stage of his career going to get eaten up by yep. Mac. Yep. You know how I know that because we just watched it happen with Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> Too true. Carolina uh, doesn't have like, Carolina doesn't have that guy down the middle. Winnipeg would be interesting. Because their team strength is Connor Hellebuck and their top six. But I think the Avs would be able to, <laughs> I think the Avs would be able to exploit them pretty badly in the same way that I expect Toronto will.
0: After the other night, uh, lucky we don't have a Manscaped read today for the Winnipeg.
1: <laughs> all I know is that that seltzer can in the stands was my favorite part of all, all of those overtimes. <laughs> That guy was awesome and I love that the social media manager for the for that promotion tweeted out don't worry guys I'm okay because there were there were long stretches towards the end of second overtime where he didn't move and I was like the dude fell asleep in the, in the suit didn't he he fell asleep in that suit he's getting paid right now so. Anyway, yeah, the Kadri appeal was today. Hopefully we have a decision um, by by the start of game one and there will be an idea of Kadri's availability this series or, you know, not. Yep. That's... He's already got two games served, so. At most, there's six left. Yep. At... Boy, would the ultimate redemption story be for that guy to come back in a game seven and have a huge and game just seven. go
0: off. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Boy, that would be something. Um, yeah. How quickly do we think about um, Batman? I have no idea. I really, I don't know how long this process takes. This is not something that happens all the time. Yeah,
0: like appeals have to get an arbitrator involved. There's yeah. a whole lot of moving parts going on there. So who knows?
1: Yeah. So who do you think? Who do you think takes Game Seven?
0: I think Vegas does yeah, me as, too. as much as Ian's not going to be happy about it in the chat. Um, I think Vegas gets over the hump. They're at home.
1: I think Ian would be excited for pro- approximately 48 hours <laughs> and then game one is going to start. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's if it, the Avs play on Sunday, so like I guess, yeah, it'd be like 45 hours or something. But in any case, um, I think Vegas is going to take it, I think they just have a bigger talent pool to pull from. They're they have certainly more recent experience in game seven successes, even if one of them did involve. An interesting five-minute major penalty call.
1: You know, the Wild have never lost game seven.
0: Also true, but they haven't been in a game seven in a in a minute. So, you know, yeah. There's some there's some pulling.
1: Thought it was it was crazy. Third straight year that Vegas has gone up three-one in a series yeah. and then had to go to a game seven. Yeah, that's wild to me.
0: Two two game lead, the most dangerous lead in hockey, confirmed.
1: <laughs> well, that's why they always tell you that the, the last game is the hardest one, right? The fourth game.
0: Yep. To get over so, the hump. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean certainly. Look, without Patcharetti.
1: Yeah, without Patcharetti, really, a
0: question mark for Vegas. I
1: really like Colorado against Vegas without yeah. Patcharetti. With Patcharetti, they're a much bigger problem.
0: Obviously, yeah, the current COVID protocol stuff is interesting. Uh, look, losing Reeves and McNabb isn't the hugest impact McNabb on their hurts. lineup. It does, but it's yeah. not, like, earth-shattering for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like it's the like, Avs yeah, losing Ryan Graves. Like, that's an important – he plays an important role for your team, but yep. he's not one of your absolute top guys, so –
0: Here's the the question everyone is asking. Thank you for the super chat, Anna. Worried about time off. Saw that it's been 20 plus years since a team that swept in the first round won the second round against a team that went to seven. So
1: there's it's happened five times. Yeah, in that's a years. five
0: series sample size, and in f- at least four of those series, the better team on paper won the series. Yeah. So take that with a grain of salt. Is the way that I'll put it. Um, look, it is going to be a week off for Colorado. Nonetheless, we talked about it. They'll be a little bit rusty. They have been able to practice though. One and two, they start at home and there's going to be even more people in ball arena Mm
1: -hmm.
0: for this round. So they will have a little bit of a crowd behind them as well.
1: We're up to ten five now.
0: 10.5. Yep. So then that could continue to increase. We'll see how, how many people they end up putting in there, but for game one, it looks like it's going to be 10.5. Yep. As well as the nuggets game tonight, I think we'll have that number
1: as yeah. well. So um, game two, we don't know when that will be yet because, um, well, for one, they haven't announced a the full schedule, but the nuggets supposedly play their game five on Tuesday. Interesting. So, probably looking at two days off.
0: Yep. Yeah. Or back-to-back. Back.
1: That would and be stupid.
0: Especially but. given that it's unannounced. That would be
1: quite dumb. Yeah. And uh, because the NBA could always... They have no reason not to. There's there's two days yeah. between games. You're the NBA the, could easily move Game 5 on a Monday.
0: You're into the division finals. So? It's why compete with the NBA. That'd be so dumb. Anyway, uh, yeah, we can take our second period break there as this podcast is brought to you by Solace Meds. You can check them out online at solacemeds.com. That's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. Use code DNVR20 to get 20% off when you buy online. And you can go in and pick it up from one of the four locations in Colorado, one in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway, just a couple blocks from the dnvr bar as well so look it's it's easy they can get you whatever you need you can get in you can pick it up and you can get out you don't have to sit around inside go through the whole messy process get your stuff and they offer not only the 20 percent, but on things like memorial day which is coming up here you can get buy three get one free on the entire store so great deals Great products. Check out Solace Meds if you haven't already. They have other select products that are 20% off, some two for $25 options. Just a bunch of amazing deals. If you haven't checked them out yet, go over there, get yourself some Solace Meds, and get what you need. Also, Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee, which you can get cold brew at the DNVR bar. When you love it, you can go online and get 25% off when you use code DNVR25 at checkout. It's an awesome deal. Super easy. Just get your coffee and drink it. Do your thing all the way around. And then go to Green Mountain Dental Group, the best family dentist in the Denver metro area, just 15 minutes from downtown over in Lakewood. We've had dozens of people switch, and they've all said it's one of the best dental experiences of their lives. They will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush just for scheduling a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Nothing fancy. Just take care of your teeth. And you get yourself a free Sonicare electric toothbrush. Third period, the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Looks like most of chat not too worried about the layoff for the Avalanche.
1: Really, no reason to be. Um, There's just, it's not not like a COVID pause where you can't do anything. You're sitting around. And then it's like, okay, now you have to go from 0 to 100. Uh, They're going to go from, like, 70 to 100. I fully expect the first 5 or 10 minutes of Game 1 will be sloppy.
0: Period 1 will be a feel-out period anyway. It's whatever.
1: Or the Avs will just do that thing where they roll in and they feed off of all the crazy energy in the crowd and they drop three goals in the first period and they cruise in Game 1.
0: As Chet suspects Miko has a week off so guaranteed the three point night for him like yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah we'll see
0: so either way whatever opponent the evs face it should be fun
1: they had a full practice yesterday yeah today I, was optional
0: i believe they took monday off and then tuesday was optional And then Wednesday was full practice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Today was was, uh, another optional. Yeah. And even with these optionals, like half the team is skating. Yep. So I expect that they will get, uh, I expect tomorrow another optional and then Saturday a full. Yeah. And then game day or
0: flip them or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or what they do is they have full practice tomorrow and then day off on Saturday maybe day off tomorrow and then video prep on Saturday, since they'll know their opponent on Saturday. That actually makes no th- sense.
0: I mean, should we get into that conversation? Is there significantly different prep for the avalanche, depending on which mm-hmm. team wins tomorrow night?
1: Significantly different. No, again, uh, Minnesota and Vegas are stylistically too similar, similar enough. Yeah. Um, at least in their construction, in terms of strengths and weaknesses, uh, yep. that's, where where the Avalanche are going to want to attack is going to be pretty much the same. Now, is there a difference between the way they do it? Their defense, the Vegas defense, I think, is a little bit better than Minnesota's, but Minnesota's is...
0: More threatening?
1: I think a little more mobile. Yeah. Um, from there stop caprizov.
0: <laughs> Keep it simple, stupid.
1: Yeah. You shut down Caprizov, you you cut off that valve and then, okay? You know. Yeah. Should be good.
0: Yeah, I The Vegas one again, it's it's a little bit weird, right? Because is already realistically capable of returning?
1: Yeah. Nobody his status, knows. his status certainly changes um, there. How dangerous they are, they are because the Stone Pacharetti combination, like hard, carried Chandler Stevenson to a career year. Yep, and we've seen without Pacharetti there as the glue on that line that they've come apart. Yeah, that Mark Stone has struggled uh, more than we're used to seeing, and that Chandler Stevenson is just like a donut right now hate to see it you know Uh, which look like this these are all these are all really 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 good reminders that you build down the middle yep and if you end up with an with a crazy talented wing like a caprizov like a mark stone and a max petro like great use it but great that's not a problem but you have to build down the middle and those are the guys that drive play it's why you don't see, you know, it's it's. Jerome McGillan never won a Stanley Cup for a reason, you know. But what did it? What did it take for Alex Ovechkin to win it? They had to. They Eight had centers. to be. They had to be in the heart of Backstrom and Kuznetsov's careers. Yep. You know, like they're in. Obviously, like they went up against some pretty good Pittsburgh teams over and over and over. Didn't help. But it's like all of this is just like fundamental stuff where you look at how you succeed in NHL history. How do you win cups? You do it. You do it by building down the middle,
0: defense teams, down the middle. Yep. Yeah,
1: teams with elite defenses and teams with elite centers raise the cup. It's it's really hard to do it without that. Yep. So.
0: I don't understand your question exactly, Stephen. Um, who is your Game 1 Shen equivalent? The guy that
1: Landis got beats up to try and set the tone? I don't know, man.
0: Are you trying to say that? Are you trying to say the guy who disappears for the series? I don't know. I don't know exactly. but
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a number of both teams. Both teams are littered with guys that will pull some stuff. No doubt. So it's all good. I mean,
0: just look at that series. Yeah. Game 6 there was from every
1: whistle but It's it is funny though like game 6 was like the least physical yeah. game of that series. The, you know, scrums after the play aside but otherwise like that was just not a very physical game. It was like the teams just got tired of it after the first four games they're like we're really sick of hitting each other. <laughs> we're not getting anywhere. It's not yeah. making any difference.
0: Turns out my body starts to hurt, man. I'm gonna stop doing
1: that. Yeah. So I think I think that wear and tear has already started with them. Yep. It'll be and with no time off. Yeah, they um, get the one day off only. Yeah, and that so they what if if Minnesota wins, they probably just fly straight to Denver, right?
0: Yeah, I would. I would imagine they go straight to Denver, have have an off day, off day, and then morning skate on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah
1: off day they do video at the hotel and then yep. yeah
0: pretty quick turnaround for them
1: wouldn't make any sense to go back to minnesota like you go back you to minnesota that night
0: fly over denver to get there yeah like
1: <laughs> you you go back to minnesota that night and then like wake up the next morning and fly to denver like what's the point uh patches status unknown
0: Cygnus. yeah uh Here's an interesting question from Brian. Not sure if it was talked about, but is there an Av you think needs to bring another level in round two?
1: Andre Burakovsky.
0: Yep. I think, uh, honestly, the entire second line, whoever ends up making up that line.
1: Yeah. I thought Donskoy was really good in two of the games yep. and mediocre in a third and a ghost in the fourth. Yep. If he can repeat that, I will take you that. you take it. Yeah.
0: It, that, but that's where Burakovsky and... Insert whoever you want at two C. Need to pick up the slack for that second line uh,
1: in the round two series. Yeah, Burakovsky 100% has to pick it up. Yep. Um, The McKinnon line. I I, I'm not gonna say they're not going to pop off in the second round, but you fully expect that there will be. You can't expect nine points
0: in four games to be par for the (laughs) Cougars...
1: Like you're not expecting those guys to continue to average two points a game. You yeah. Know, like you're. There will there will be games where they 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 score one goal or no goals, and you know where do you, how do you win that game is the question. The Abs won it in St. Louis. Um, they Depth did just fine. Production. Yeah. Yep. That that was Game Three. They got those answers. So. If Brandon Saad's going to continue doing this thing, great. It's just going to make it more reason for them to try and keep him.
0: <laughs> I like, uh,
1: feel like tomorrow when we try and build the roster, we're going to have a really hard yeah. time keeping it. going to be thing. like,
0: well, now they have to pay Brandon Sod. Well, Grubauer to a $6 million deal. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's going gonna, gonna to be tough yeah. to say the least uh, to try and keep the entire band together, but. Yeah. That's uh that's a problem for after the playoffs, right? You <laughs> got yeah. a different different goal in mind at the moment. Um
1: yeah. So it, for me it starts with Burakovsky, but uh low key Sam Girard I would also He needs to be better for sure. Not that he he was poor against the Blues, but the Colorado's through those three defensemen is their big, like, ace in the the hole. Yeah, for sure. Basically, basically, everybody has, like, top players at this point, right? Yep. So you need your your top players to beat their top players. In this case, between Minnesota and Vegas, each of them have really good defenses. So you need your defense to match their defense. Well,
0: look, I think the hierarchy of the Avs defense in that round one series... Immediately Kale McCarr sets the tone, scores the first goal of the series. Yeah. He does every so often in every game, he's just gonna do Kale McCarr shit. Yep. That you've come to know that.
1: In a best of seven series, the the other team is hoping is hoping that it doesn't happen more than twice.
0: Yep. And then you have Taze and Gerard. And Gerard had one good game in the series, I think. The other three were okay to fair. Varying
1: degrees of acceptable. Yeah. And then but you have you want
0: more from that. You do. You want definitely more from Gerard, I think, particularly offensively. Um, and then you have Taze, which is which was a weird one for me because defensively his stick work was beautiful all series mm. long, but his puck movement wasn't quite where you
1: wanted it to be, yeah. I think. The puck management in the defensive zone from Taze led to some issues. Yep, there were some there were some big turnovers from him that you don't expect. Like if Patrick Nemeth is making that or Ryan Graves is making that turnover, you're just kind of like, uh oh, yeah, this is. Yep, it's the bottom pairing. Here, these guys go again, right? Yeah. Yep. But when Devon Taves does it, it's like, oh, this is a gift from the gods from the other team. Yep. You know, that's that's where they capitalize. That's where those things end up in the back of your net. Yep. So especially because when he makes those mistakes, it's almost always against the other team's top players.
0: Yeah. And look, again, the same story as Gerard. It's not like Taves had a game where he really stood out as awful.
1: Oh, God, no. We weren't even close to that.
0: But when the Avs get the best out of those three, how do you beat them? I mean, they're such a good team when those three are firing. Yeah,
1: when those three guys are at their best and Nathan McKinnon's line is awake, Colorado is the best team in the NHL. Yep.
0: I think that's a very, very good way to put it. Yep.
1: Then you and- can beat them. You can still beat them. You just have to play your absolute best. Yep. Um, but yeah, when those, when those things are going at the same time, Oh my goodness. Uh tell you.
0: This is, well, uh, let me phrase it this way. Are there any concerns about Philip Grubauer's rebound control still? Because on the whole, Grubauer was plenty good in the series. Yeah,
1: I really don't. I mean, I I don't have any issues with Philip Grubauer right now. Just keep rolling, big fellow. Yeah, cool. So my biggest concern would be the combination of Nemeth and Timmons. Um, Nemeth in the second half of the series picked his game up quite a bit.
0: It got better. He,
1: Still some issues, but again, it like the you, those will always be there.
0: The way you've consistently put it was he started to do the good things in his game. There were positives to take. There's always going to be negatives with a player like that. That's just the reality yep. of it. Uh, but the positives make up for it is the concept. Yep. And in games three and four, there were some positives that you could take. Yep. Still don't love it, but you're you're going to live with it. Certainly his PK work was fantastic.
1: Yeah, and Ryan Graves picked it up in the second half of that series too. Yeah. Was way better. Dude was but vibing. Timmins at this point needs to have a game where it's not like, well, he's getting to play because they just swept a series with that lineup in it. Yep. Uh, Bo Byram's ready to go. And I'm, and it's no knock against Connor Timmons, but he's not Bo Byram. You've got to find a way to get Bo and Byram back into your lineup. That's that's your team at its absolute best. Yep, your I, team, your team is better with Byram in there. Let him figure it out, make his mistakes, whatever. The only, the only really, the only real concern that I have with Byram is that he was a little penalty prone, and you don't want that. Obviously definitely a,
0: a quick way that. to find yourself in a hole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, but you know, my feelings on it, drop them in for game three guaranteed goal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Yeah. Look, this is. You're, you're nitpicking a sweep lineup, as you already mentioned to try what? and optimize it. But on the one hand, yes, the abs are, the best team in the league when they're firing on the other it's it's the little advantages that do make the difference in a playoff series no disrespect to Minnesota but particularly Colorado and Vegas are one and two after the regular season Yep. so if Vegas does do the thing this could potentially be the hardest opponent the abs face
1: Uh, with the way that the postseason is shaping up right now
0: as uh the semi finals not fully decided but yeah
1: i mean i think we can get into that a little bit more later but sure. look right now um let's just we'll make a couple of assumptions here carolina finishes off nashville yep uh toronto finishes off montreal yep okay um getting into the next round that would set up the the abs would then play in a round three matchup the abs would play either winnipeg if they upset toronto or the winner of the islanders boston series those would be the only three opponents if we if if the results hold true to right now yep so so um that's where if they get if they if the ads get past whoever Vegas or Minnesota, right now the likeliest opponent uh, to me is coming is the Islanders or Boston. Yep. And then if Winnipeg is able, if look if Connor Hellebuck continues to be super Saiyan and shuts out the shuts out uh, shuts down Toronto and Winnipeg gets past them, then I'm in my personal hell. <laughs> and it's and it's Winnipeg in Colorado. And I don't have a fiance for a week and a half. <laughs> Let's be honest, it's a week. That'll be a quick series.
0: Ooh, already throwing jabs. He's already throwing jabs out here. Uh, it's a house in a house in Winnipeg gonna have a mysterious burning accident or something.
1: Uh, <laughs> I like. I've, I've slept on that couch a few times. It's, it's comfy enough.
0: All right, well, the house can stay. I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, in any case, it's it's hard, right? Because you don't want to
1: <laughs> jump to
0: jump ahead to conclusions or anything.
1: Oh, don't, don't make me laugh, see? It hurts. <laughs> oh, it hurts.
0: She knows you're weak.
1: Uh, that was karma. That was karma for. That was that was karma for talking shit about a series yeah. that's still two weeks from starting if instant, it happens at all.
0: Instant karma.
1: Oh, that hurts.
0: <laughs> um. Any case, we can kind of start to wrap up today's show. Uh, Vegas or Minnesota? Abs in five.
1: Abs in six. Uh against Minnesota abs in five against Vegas with patch abs in six without patch abs in five. All right. None of those numbers are seven. So I like it.
0: Uh, quick, we'll do a little bit of a quick rapid fire here on the other series. Who, who do you like Toronto and Pittsburgh? No, that's, this is my bracket. What am I looking at? Pittsburgh's eliminated. I'm dumb. Uh, who do you like in New York and Boston?
1: Head versus heart.
0: Uh, yeah, I I know this is tough for you.
1: <laughs> I know this is tough for you. Um If it's a low if, if it's a low penalty series, the Islanders.
0: Avoid the special teams.
1: Um if if it's called like the regular season, Boston.
0: Okay. All right. Let's assume Carolina does the thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Carolina or Tampa. Tampa. Yeah. I I wanna pick Carolina. I do, but I can't. No. <laughs> And then I, you kind of already made your stance clear on Winnipeg and likely Toronto.
1: Yeah, I think I like Toronto in it, but I think that actually has a Potential. chance to be a pretty good series. But Winnipeg's going to have to play better. Everybody's yeah. been like, lol, Edmonton, right? But like three overtime games. Like they were a flip of a coin away from that series result basically being the exact opposite. And that's with McDavid in no way, shape, or form going off. So. Yeah. McDavid, I mean McDavid had a has a three point game in game three and the Oilers lose. Yep. And people are like, well, oh, oh, Connor McDavid. And it's like, what's what, <laughs> what can the guy do here? You know? <laughs> uh, it's I went through and I looked at it, McDavid's five v five numbers, and they're all like 60%. astronomical. Yeah, like scoring chances is like seventy two percent. Winnipeg like,
0: just surviving when he's out there, and then the rest of the team is like, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, plenty can change over the course of a round, no doubt about it. But
1: yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, the the Leafs without JT but against Winnipeg would be interesting. I saw JT was on the ice today. Yep. Um if he comes back, obviously that's a big
0: they're significantly better. Full yeah, of, Yeah, of course.
1: Like you that caliber of player into your lineup is huge. Um without him, I think the 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 advantage that Toronto has down the middle goes away. Matthews yeah. is better than Shifley, but um, Kerfoot's not better than Dubois or Stasmy. yeah that that's fair I have no so argument again. I uh, really would like I I, I think that's going to be a I think that's going to be a really it's gonna fun be a maybe a bit run and gun for sure but yeah I think it's going to be a fun series man we'll see yeah I'm just kind of hoping that Montreal gets out of the way because watching them is brutal they play they play in second gear yep every shift of every game always <laughs> there is no jump in that in that in that lineup there's nothing dynamic happening there's nothing fun there's no urgency
0: hey uh, now paul byron's fun
1: that one goal he scored was awesome
0: he's fun all the time it he just Needs a little bit more talent and then it'd be really fun. But in any case, uh, I guess we're going to get out of here for the day. Uh, Excited for round two and the end of round one to finish up here, I suppose, first before round two kicks off. But there's a reason they play the hockey games. That's all I'm going to say. No matter what the paper says no matter what we say no matter what anybody says the beauty of hockey is that anything can happen so i hope y'all will join us as we watch way too much hockey over the next couple of weeks avalanche related or not um we'll have to we'll have to see maybe we'll have uh some not i guess not watch parties but some impromptu DNVR bar and hockey chill nights in round two.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm if, depending on how the ribs feel tomorrow. Uh, I would like to go to the bar tomorrow night for Vegas and Minnesota game seven. So, so there's a decent chance I'm down there tomorrow.
0: Don't count that one as a hundred percent, but yeah, that's I'm sure
1: entirely dependent on if I can breathe or not
0: a, a great chance to plug our Twitters as I'm sure. AJ will give you updates on whether he's going on Twitter. So follow him at AJ sure. Haveley. Follow me at Nathan double underscore Rudolph. Follow the DNVR Avalanche account for the best pregame memes ever confirmed.
1: Um. <laughs> it's pretty funny. You get to the bar, you set up your battle station. Yeah. The first, first thing, thing I you do, do every time yeah, is like, you sit down and you pull up the list of memes and you're like, what should I make tonight?
0: Gotta post my meme. <laughs> uh, Anyway, thank you, chat, for watching, consuming the podcast, however you may. Be sure to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's the playoffs. I know I see a bunch of names in here I don't necessarily recognize, so you guys liking and subscribing helps us out a ton on the YouTube channel. We appreciate you very, very much. Um, Yeah, other than that, have a great rest of your Thursday. We will be back tomorrow, probably looking at the AV situation. And then we will probably give you a makeup podcast on Saturday, breaking down probably the abs opponent and getting more in depth um, with specific matchups.
1: And then Sunday,
0: Sunday night will be post game pod time. Yeah. One post game pod. So there you go.
1: You'd be determined if I'm there for that one or not.
0: We'll see. Yeah. You might, you and Evan got to figure that out. We have to um, figure out our covering the game in person schedule. Yep. So, Keep it tuned in and we will see all y'all next time.